Why do you say that, Father? You aren't afraid, are you? No. But I respect some of the superstitions of others. Often they are founded in fact. Broadcasting live from our Sanctum Sanctorum in Venice, California. This is the Sixth Sense Society. I'm your host, Krista, here with our producer, Michael. And today we have our two-hour special, the 2024 Prediction Show. And coming back to the show, we have Carolyn Marshall and Marnie Olson of Cosmic Playhouse. They're our astrologers today. And Carrie Jane of Metanoa, who is our numerologist. And I'll probably say a few words too. But before we get started, Michael has a few announcements. Hey everybody, welcome back to our show. It's really good to have you guys. Um, next week, or actually a week from this coming Wednesday, so about 10 days from now or so, uh, we have our good friend Reverend Jim McGrath back on as our guest, and he'll be talking about the importance that ritual and, th- and theater plays in spirituality and overall well-being. So it's going to be lots of fun visiting with him. Um, you can get all the information on our show on our six sites, six cent, our website rather, sixcentsociety.com, S-A-X-T-H, all spelled out. And while you're there, if you can afford to, buy us a coffee on Ko-Fi. Helps us cover our expenses a little bit. Um, but the most important thing, go to YouTube, click like and subscribe and help grow our audience. And that's what means the most to us. Um, so I don't want to take up a ton of time today because we're going to have a lot of fun with this episode. Um, and I want to brag a little bit at first because my prediction came true last year just to kick this off. And what I <laughs> predicted was that Bigfoot would not be found. And indeed, he was not found. So I feel very good about that. So I definitely got that one right. So with that, I'm going to kick it back to all you guys. So take it away, Krista. Great. I'm magic. You, you said that because congratulations, you were right. And I also did want to mention, I think today the moon is in Aquarius. Isn't that right, ladies? Well, soon it's going to be, where are we at now? The moon is, um, yes, 25 degrees, my dear. There we go. And uh, so let's, I did want to mention just in general, a little bit about the, the 2023 prediction show, which was, by the way, very entertaining to listen to again. <laughs> we had some really fun interpretations of like the Saturn Pluto relationship. That was really fun. We had some good things there. Uh, so it was um, several of you, I think Marnie and Caroline and even Carrie to some degree talked about it as a, a year of transition. And um, Carrie said it was the beginning of the end. And also, I did want to say, I, maybe this is not a super, you know, like specialized prediction, but I did talk about the rise of the robots. And I think because of it becoming more conscious, even now what's going on in AI, I think that was true. But that was kind of an easy one, you know. Uh, and then, Caroline, do you remember the amazing prediction you got right? I, of course I do. Yes. <laughs> well, why don't you share with us? Oh, well, it was about uh, the first indictment. Uh, I think Michael asked me the question um, when uh, Donald Trump would be indicted. And remember, this was before any indictments. And um, I did a real, just a real quick, like, look at the calendar. And I saw the April uh, moon there. It was the April full moon and April 5th, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. And um, I just said it's going to be April 5th because it's a Libra it's a Libra full moon. Um, and well, it was April 4th uh, that he was indicted for the first time. So yeah, and I, what it did, it, it taught me a lot. I mean, that moment crystallized everything that I've been kind of trying to pull together 
all of all of the timing that when you're trying to do prediction, predictive astrology, always look to the moon. Okay. We have the big outer planets and they're great. We have Pluto. We have all the big fancy ones, but the moon is right down here with us. The moon is the people, right? Mm. It, and so you, when you look to the moon and that's what I've been doing is I, I just, I just look to the moon, new, the lunations, the new moon and the full moon. So I give my credit to that prediction uh, to the moon. Yeah, I, I think you and the show you said it was April 6th and it was in, you know, two days before. And what was also interesting, you called it the justice mode. And I thought that mm -hmm. was really cool. And and it was the first time ever a president had been indicted in this way, I think, too. And so I just thought it was so really accurate, you know, like it, it's it's Thank it was you. very specific. Even what you had to say was very specific. Um, so that and that's good uh, insight to talk about how you came about with the moon being an important way of looking at it so because doing predictions like you said world predictions or it, it is tricky you have to find the way that works for you right and the thing is about the moon predictions later on uh when it was on the floor i remember when i was watching it happen and i watched the indictment come down i was just standing there looking at the television and i thought oh why every time i make a prediction around the moon any astrologer does we always put in two two days before and two days after the moon right so your prediction, you always leave a little, you know, four or five, and sometimes a week, mm. you know, it'll be that week. Usually you'll say, oh, it's the week of the full moon. But um, I just picked that day because it was kind of quick and dirty. I think it was just like right near the end of the show. And I was like, okay, here's here's one. Uh, so yeah, and I always put in, well, it would be two days before or two days after. <laughs> and I didn't put that in there. I was like, oh, man. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's fair enough, though. Honestly, you know, it, it, prediction is an art and it can be incredibly right. exact. Uh, it's um, but when you're dealing with sort of the big picture energies, what we find with prediction, the more variables, the more changeability that you have. So like I might predict something like more accurately, very small about something happening in my office because I might not have that many variables. You know, so prediction seems to require thinking about all the wheels that could turn and how they interact with each other. So I think that's fair enough. Like if you get it that close to me. And, well, and it, I want to drill down on that just a little bit about that uh, Libra justice moon. Um, I was watching some, you know, MSND show or something about the election or something in politics. And they said, it's really funny because the most important day of last year was April 4th was the day of the entire year for the for you mm. know the country because that was the day that Trump is indicted for the first time right and the it is about justice because it's libra and we've got we what's happened is now we've gone into the libra aries nodes right so right. all of the moons all of the moons are going to be tripping on the nodes right tripping with the nodes so it is very much about justice and and the venus star point went to um libra 29 degrees uh in 2022 so and justice justice without love is revenge right i mean that's putting it kind of like uh, paraphrasing uh martin luther king a little bit here but he said justice true justice has to have love in it right in other words it has to be uh it can't be hate Hate brings revenge. And see, we're kind of seeing that working out. It's teaching, teaching us a lot, the Libra Aries uh, access, right? What justice is, what, you know? And um, so I think it's, I think it's it very much influencing this year too. And we have a, we have a Libra moon coming up this year mm. and it's going to be an eclipse. So 
We'll be Stay talking about that for too. Big eclipse talk. <laughs> yeah. So I, I did forget to just say welcome, ladies. Welcome, Carrie, to the show. Thank you for coming on again. Thank you, Marnie. And of course, Caroline. And I thought it might be nice. Last year, we did like just maybe a little introduction to some of the themes for 2024 that strike you, because I think that's also important. Was there anything kind of overall that you wanted to say? And we'll start with Carrie first with the numerology. Overall, uh, well, I would like to start with just uh, going back to the seven year that we just had coming out of that. Uh, I I don't remember exactly what I said in our last episode, but something that I kind of harped on, at least on my own channel, on Metanoia, is this theme of disillusionment that should have taken place to some extent. And if you looked closely, there were some bigger themes in that. Perhaps some people like experienced that in their personal life, but really as a collective, we should have gained some kind of clarity that came out of usually a hard truth, something that is difficult to accept. And that could be because we have our egos are involved with that and we don't want to overcome that. Or it might just be kind of a mind bender and really hard to wrap our head around you know, for some people, the fact that, you know, you know, democracy is at stake, that's hard for some people to wrap their heads around. Or like, if you go into the UFO thing and the UAP, you, you know, the whole alien stuff, that's also really hard for some people still to like wrap their head around. So I think that hopefully, we had some kind of disillusionment as a collective out of 2023. And now that we have some kind of clarity, we move into this eight year where we're brought back to the to reality and we're able to in, experience some kind of executive function based off of this new clarity that we have. So yeah, once once we've accepted a lot of things, we can finally move forward. And often this process is, is very hard, often the right thing to do and the hard thing to do are the same thinking I'm not a tarot expert but the tower card does kind of come to mind which scares a lot of people but usually when that card comes up something really needs to happen the thing that's going to happen absolutely has to uh, so a lot of mixed feelings about this year for me personally I don't know how everyone else is feeling but it's like on one hand, I'm really excited because I'm like, wow, maybe the thing will finally happen. We see progress. We see expansion in areas that finally, you know, get attention. We have kind of like a lot of untapped resources that I feel like we're not really aware of. And then on the other hand, with, yeah, what we already kind of said in this episode, there's like uh, issues with law and justice. We have war. Uh, we have like financial burdens, health problems. This is all also he heavily tied into the number eight because the eight has everything to do with our physical reality. So, and I think a lot of people do kind of feel uncertain. They feel uneasy about 2024 because the nature of the number eight is that it can it, it can go this way or that way it's kind of topsy-turvy it's like you could do a complete 180 
And so that's like a lot of potential right there. It's like, wow, we could completely turn our trajectory around this year. But what road are we about to go on? You know, <laughs> that is still very, we have no idea. And I, you know, this is, I am on a prediction show, but personally, to me, I think the future is always changing. And in my practice, I try to give people the tools to actively engage in the present to create the best outcome given the circumstance. And I think that it's really hard to say this is going to happen this month and this is going to happen this month. What I can say is like, here are the themes that are, are playing out. And depending on what we decide is the road that we're going to, you know, what we're going to do with that circumstance, I don't know. Um, so yeah, there, the eight, I feel like this year, it's very matter of fact, it's getting down to business. And this year, powerful people, I think, will be held accountable finally. And it might not even be the people that you think of. For example, like just a local example on my end, because in my day job, I'm in like natural resource management. Uh, there's, I think the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service or some federal agency is getting sued by a baykeeper for uh, not following through with um, moving the status of long fin smelt, which is like an endangered species, mm. to like more critically endangered, some kind of level with that. They kind of let that go on their end. So now we have not been protecting the species that is just plummeting. So mm. you wouldn't think that a federal agency dedicated to conservation would be held accountable for the things. But it's it's I think this year is going to be about, hey, you know that job, the thing that you were created to do for, you know how you not only did not do it, but you like committed crimes mm -hmm. <laughs> in the process. It's going to not just be the people who are in the spotlight that we're already aware of. It's going to be people and agencies and companies that you would not even expect. That's mm -hmm. what I can kind of think would happen in this kind of year with everything that's been going on. And most of all, home... The, the takeaway message is that I think that what we value and what actually has value will be challenged and hopefully reformed. Like what actually matters, what has value. Our currency is like living off of hopes and dreams. So what what is it that deserves our time, our energy, our attention? What actually is that? And um yeah I was kind of all over the place I hope that no that's that's good you know <laughs> I will say about last year when you talked about the seven since I did listen to the show recently is you did talk about the ego potentially being a problem last year too so you kind of mentioned this now so you were correct about that as well and um so and then I just to sort of talk about the aid in general well, maybe I'll do that a little later I want to get sort of Marnie's take um, first on what is she what do you think are some of the main things that you noticed about 2024 that caught your attention oh well there's like millions but I'll try to just do like a <laughs> only millions kind of like like I mean obviously we have the, the one of the major things of course is Pluto uh, going into Aquarius again we got a little we got a little um a little movie trailer of Pluto and Aquarius last year, but it's gonna go in this year. We're only gonna have one last little dip into Capricorn. Um 
in the fall and then it's going to go back into Aquarius. It's going to hang out there for a while. So I think that, you know, one of the major things I've been thinking a lot about is that time period. You know, we talked a lot in previous episodes about the USA's um, sort of birth chart and having Pluto at 27 degrees Capricorn, America experiencing, a, a you know, their Pluto return. And then, you know, and then that period of time between, you know, July 4th, 1776, and then the signing of the Constitution in 1787 or whatever it was. In that period, then Pluto, on the signing of the Constitution, Pluto was at 14 degrees Aquarius. Mm. So I think that, and this is, of course, not just 2024, but what we've kind of been starting since last year and what we're going into is very much... Um, about the you know identity of our country and this of course is very usa centric what i'm saying but because we're also connected globally it isn't it's something that's gonna you know sort of impact everyone but i think that we're just sort of having our own little identity crisis as a country which is from that point of saying hey you know we we are free we're declaring our independence to oh wait a minute we're gonna crap all over each other unless we make some rules about it and it's the difference between, you know, having rights and getting rights and then keeping those rights. And I think that we're heading into constitutional crisis. I think that, you know, this next period of time between that 27 Capricorn and that 14 degree Aquarius mark, that it's going to be a lot about what what we are destroying in our country and what we potentially need to rebuild. Pluto is a destroyer. Um, but just with destruction comes regeneration. So I think it's, that's the big, the big sort of picture. And I think that of course, Pluto going into Aquarius shifts us all into a new age that we're getting away from that. What we saw from the beginning of Pluto and Capricorn that like, particularly the, the flaws of capitalism that we're now going to be facing up against. What are those potentially scary things that come with Aquarius, which is people's, you know, kind of technological dread the fear of of robots is the terminator coming for me is ai going <laughs> to destroy us and um and i think that there's a lot of like hippy dippy stuff that's attributed to aquarius which is very valid that it's about people and it's about humanity and it's about revolution and it's about fighting for your independence and beat you know all of that but there's that that dark side too which is my ideas are the best ideas and and innovation and innovation is great, but I think that to me, Pluto and Aquarius, the thing that's a little bit scary is that it is our own innovation, which could potentially destroy us, whether that's AI or robots or weapons or whatever it is, that innovation has a dark side too. And so that's just something I've been thinking about a lot. That's just one thing, but it's a big thing for the year. So. And uh, Caroline, did you have any sort of quick comments about what you think is <laughs> Caroline, uh, the general tone of the year? I mean, we heard a little bit about the justice, but anything else that just kind of off the cuff you noticed right away? I want to expand a little bit on the justice uh, <clears throat> cause here. Like I said about the moons, the new, the first new moon of this year was, what, a couple of days ago on uh, the 10th. And uh, I was like, okay, I'm going to look and see what's going on in the world right here, right now. And at this moment, this because this is the beginning, this is the first new moon. It's the first moon of 2024. And um, of course, all those things that Marnie said, yeah, I'm, I don't have to say those. Thank you, Marnie. That's great. But 
So I can talk about drilling down here. So what was happening that day internationally in the world? Now, the, I didn't see any of this on the media, the mainstream media, but in Hague, the International Court of Justice was in session and South Africa had brought um, a uh, brought charges up against Israel uh, for uh, cr uh, crimes of, against human rights. Okay, so and they are arguing it now, and um, it's it's about it's about human rights and justice for the world, and I think that is going to be a major theme this year, mm -hmm. and at all. It all ties in with our Pluto return last year. The United States um, in October, when the um, war in Hamas with Hamas and um, Israel started, that was October 10th, right? Mm -hmm. October 10th was the very last Pluto conjunction uh, return junction point mm -hmm. at 27 degrees. The very last one I was waiting all year. What's going to happen that day? Mm -hmm. And Venus come out of retrograde, and what happened? We got, you know, the war started, uh, you know, it flared up in uh, in Israel. And now this is the United States chart, Pluto return, right? Right. This is the last point. So how does the, the, this this war in Israel have anything to do with the United States karma? Well, we see how it, it's a it's definitely going to be the the point. Oh, we're on the brink. You know, the, the brink of what, what are we going to be as a country? You know what I mean? And the fact that we're going to go back all the way back to 1948 when the International Court of Justice was set up because of the Holocaust and, you know, the Jewish Holocaust. And ironically, here we go. Now um, Israel is accused of genocide. And so this is a very big picture, very profound. And I think we're very tied in with it because this was our very last um you know exact hit and it happened exactly on that day and it was so concise and it's that's why i think it's it's the theme it's coming the theme of the whole year plus with pluto going into aquarius it's going to be about hu international human rights and all this political you know all the power plays you know the pluto plutonian power plays and the um the people oh it's it, i think this this is the trigger point of of of, of a revolution you know, the Pluto, Pluto and Aquarius. Revolution. Well, I think the, um, I, I'm just going to add a little to the whole why uh, the U.S. might be involved in other countries. I think it's because we have Jupiter and Cancer in the seventh house. We have a lot of yeah. seventh house Cancerian planets, that expansion into other areas. And I do think and the other thing that that I, I will bring up later in the show is I think you, you want to look at Pluto's relationship to Chiron in the U.S. chart and also its opposition to its own Mercury. This is why it's a little more complicated with the Pluto in the U.S. And especially when you think about communication in the U.S., it's like, I mean, it, it's it's nuts here sometimes. But I did want to add just a quick little I, I did just a very general look with this 12 card spread that I do, which is very vague, I know, but I'm trying to look at sort of a pattern. And and to me, I did see a pattern that was somewhat stressful in the beginning of the year. And there's more of that kind of the past still being worked on. But I did see a little more balance in some of the year. And um, interesting enough, the star card appeared in and it was more towards, um, let's see, September. 
And so that made me feel kind of good. And the star, of course, in a lot of decks is associated with Aquarius. Uh, and then funny, funny, true story. Last year, I talked about Aleister Crowley appearing through the Prince of Wands and the Queen of Swords in the in the spread because those are his two cards. And it appeared again. And I used a different oh. system. <laughs> I was like, I did it by hand last year. This year, I used the computer, so I could not have known. I thought it was just kind of amusing. I don't really know what it means, though. <laughs> so he's somehow working through all of us. I don't know. But he he's, I mean, there are definitely some more interest in him as i said before but i just thought that was sort of amusing <laughs> so i'd like to make another uh quick point about 2024 just what you said chiron chiron's a big player this year and that I, Ch chiron is you know unexplored in a lot of astrology and a lot of astrologers don't really you know but we got to pay attention now because chiron is conjuncting the north node in uh the north node in aries okay and so when we have this big eclipse in april Chiron is going to be conjuncting it. And that's why I wanted to bring up, that's why I started with the justice uh, theme, international justice, because just what you said, the star card is about healing, right? Chiron is about healing, but it's also about re-examining our wounds, right? Going back to the trauma. And that's exactly what we're doing it's, as, you know, as an entire world with the International Court of Justice. I think that's what's all turning on that. Uh, and we have to heal these terrible traumas that we've had for the last, you know, 84 years. Uranus is going to be conjuncting uh, uh, Agul this year. And the last time it did in Taurus, Uranus is going to be at 26 mm. degrees. Taurus, the last time it was there was in May of 1941. And that's when World War II started. And so, you know, we've got, we're going, it's like, it's like we're, re -go, we're going back there, you know, and we have to, because we don't want to, we don't want to repeat history. Mm. Yeah, we definitely have a tendency not to learn from our history. <laughs> I think maybe because we don't study it anymore. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Be, or at least some of the real history, as you know, doesn't get into the, the schools and, and things. So that's another one of the issues. Um, so, Carrie, what do you think about some of the, the thoughts about justice and and sort of that cycle of justice connecting to the past? Does that connect to like I know that sometimes you can go back with the numbers back to like, the two and the three and what's built up to the eight, you know, because obviously numerology has is, is got a pattern in cycles. And so do you see anything like that kind of coming back from the past too? Well, I mean, I might've already said this, but the eight itself is very much rooted in law and justice and things like that and accountability already. So that's that chapter. Looking, I look, I mean, when I do a, an individual's cycle, I would tell them in this cycle that, hey, you should think back to your four year, which I think was 2020, right? And you should think about the framework that was placed during that chapter, what was set in motion, because now it is either going to be actualized or you're going to continue where you left off with that in some way. So perhaps more will come to light about the pandemic. And I think that, yeah, law and justice regarding that, perhaps something will come to a head with that. I mean, that's already kind of going, uh, that's kind of already un uh, underway. Um, and Perhaps if you want to talk about repeating history, I don't know if you all remember the kinds of protests that had broken out during that time were 
Ooh, it was palpable the mm. energy right <laughs> during that time um i lived in unfortunately a pretty hostile environment at the time so everyone had a different experience uh, but because of where i was located on the east coast at the time that was that was heavy um so but i would say we're later in this in this cycle and yeah the thing that's really interesting about numerology is that we are experiencing a spiral and if you were to visualize a nine-year cycle and like put it up on its side and examine that spiral and see where things align you'd see like oh yes we are revisiting that hopefully at a different point though Hopefully something was learned along the way. We made some kind of progress. We built something. We learned something, etc. And we come to, re yeah, like revisit this thing from the past, except now we knowing what we know from the immediate past, this is what this is going to look like. So I don't know if that answers your question at all, but I would want to also just add to what was said about capitalism. Um, I mean, just as a side note, yeah, with with the coming of Aquarius and Pluto and Aquarius, as an Aquarius, I have always been hoping that we realize that the real evolution, real actual ev evolution in consciousness looks like equality looks like determining how to create equality and not how many toys that we have mm. which seems to have been what was sold to us and what we've been calling innovation up until now has actually just been systematically taking our liberties away from us so that they can be sold back to us for a profit and i hope that we realize that at some point, like all, a lot of us already have, but I hope we can all come to, to a kind of consensus at some point that this is going backwards. We've been going backwards because we had all this tech advancement and we had all this whatever, and kind of like children, we played with it rather than knowing what what the evolution of a race is actually supposed to look like, which is making um, this life livable for everyone. Yeah, like that's easier. my take on it as an Aquarius. And um, going back to numerology, it's just going to be a really powerful year and our thoughts have power. We all of what we're thinking, all that, wherever our attention is going, that has a lot of power. So that is also something that we should just keep reminding ourselves throughout this year. Just just think just just be aware of what you're thinking of and where all of your attention is going. And yeah, maybe be like, okay, maybe I should spend a little bit less time on that, a little bit more time on this. I think that would lead, create a huge impact in some way. Well, that really connects to my understanding of Pluto. Pluto, um, I've been doing a deeper dig into the mythology of Pluto. And um Pluto does not have power on Earth except through relationships. And uh, in fact, if you look at some of the um, creative interpretations of the Pluto story, most of it is their love stories. It's really interesting because I started looking, well, what does the public think about Pluto? And they really get into that whole like Persephone Pluto thing. 
And so anyway, I'm not the first to say this, but that um, there are astrologers that see Pluto as the deeper terrain. I don't even know if you want to call it the subconscious mind. It's like so deep, kind of, it's hard to even get to. And so I think Pluto in Aquarius is going to give us a new understanding of the depth of the mind, that we're going to have new ideas, whether it's through psychology, metaphysics, uh, Pluto can also, one astrologer says Pluto rules ESP and the invisible worlds. And so in that way, I think Pluto is kind of exciting is that, you know, I'm sure there are things going on. There's always a lot more going on with experiments with ESP that than people realize. It doesn't take much if you do a little digging. You'll find, like, people been doing it for 20 years in Europe, you know. And it's there's, there's some, like, really scientific experiments. They're not, like, and they've gotten legitimate things about telepathy. And so that idea of watching our mind. But also, I feel like, it, this is what I got. I have Aquarius rising that Pluto, the understanding of, Pluto is going to change because of Aquarius, <laughs> that it's an innovator. It's got new thoughts and, and Pluto is kind of new to this version of humanity. So I like that idea of, of sort of watching how we're thinking, going deeper into the psyche starting this year. I, I agree with you. And it, it certainly is a, a lifetime process. Um, so Marnie, did you have anything else you wanted to look at in terms of the astrology or anything else that you wanted to add to what the discussion is right now? Um, I would just say that um, something that struck me when Carrie was talking about looking at 2020 versus now and, you know, kind of learning from our mistakes and stuff like that and how that's just so, I feel like what we learned at that time was a lot about like our resources, what we have, what we use and how close everyone is to literal like despair homelessness starvation like we had such issues with just like our resources which i think of as as kind of connected to eight as well but it was like wow we're really close to that and i'm looking now at like all the ways that we we did learn some from our mistakes but then when i see people do things like well you know you got you got to go back into the office you can't be on zoom and it's like why you were existing fine on zoom but now you need to micromanage people or all of these people who already had money basically grifting all of these PPP loans and taking them for themselves. While meanwhile, people who were living hand to mouth are being punished by, you know, the employment develop depart development department to pay back like unemployment funds of like a couple hundred bucks a week. And it's like, there's all these ways that we really didn't learn from our mistakes that I find very frustrating. And of course I'm an Aquarian too with moon and Aquarius and North node and Aquarius. So I'm, I'm always like, oh, but why can't we all just be equal? You know, like I want that so much. And I tend to get caught up in the idealism of that. But I get, I think that all of those themes are going to very much come home to roost. And it's it's also hugely impactful that when Pluto goes into Aquarius on January 21st or 22nd, mm -hmm. one of those dates, the 20th, 21st, it's basically the this right when the sun goes into Aquarius. And so like, it's like right there, boom. It's it's like, it's not just entering Aquarius. It's entering Aquarius at the same time the sun is there shining a light on all of this. And I, I think that's, that's huge. Because how often does that happen? You know, like mm. it's, I don't know, because I didn't look it up because I ran out of time. But like, <laughs> it, it, it's unusual to say the least. And I think that that's gonna, you know, gonna impact it as well to make it, even more vibrant to us. The sun shines a light on things. So, Excellent point. Caroline, what do you think about that, the idea of the sun and Pluto being exact there 
I think it's huge. I think it's, I think it's the, one of the biggest events of the year, uh, astrologically, and probably for the next 20 years, probably forever, because the sun, and we talked about this a little bit last time with the sun, the solar energy of the sun conjuncting Pluto to me, that that's just, that's nuclear. I mean, we're talking about the power, solar power. Right. And I think it's really funny that, you know, in, in this, you know, in our in our dialogue these days, you know, solar power is not as strong as this other power. And I'm not talking, you know, necessarily about, you know, I, I use it as a resource. But our our star power and Pluto, it, it's going to be revolutionary. I think it, a lot of it's probably going to work out down on the ground and nuclear energy. Uh, there's going to be a, as far as solar, the sun and Pluto together to me that's that is nuclear energy and i think we talked about it before about uh the past is fusion the future is fission mm. and aquarius is the future right so um i think we're going to see a lot of um that that's coming with a lot of energy this month and it's on the 20th when the sun ingresses into aquarius at the same uh, within moments when pluto ingresses into aquarius that's profound morning it's a big uh it it's we're exploding into the a new a new era and it's it's a nuclear era um and and i you know it can be it can sometimes come with a crisis that we have to pay attention you know and that was my worry because pluto can be very explosive right that we may have some crises we have you know we have to pay attention right um and it's going to change everything and it's going to take us out of this out of this pluto and capricorn era like like a rocket ship it, it's going to be big, and um, I wish I could. I wish I could um, say it a little more eloquently. <laughs> but no, it's, it's yeah, stuff. it's, it's I, crazy. I, this whole year, it's like to look at even just we're in January, and it's like even just New Year's Day. Mercury went direct on New Year's Day, and I sort of had that feeling of like, uh oh, we got to hit the hit the ground running, guys, because we're in for a ride. It's not this like leisurely kind of chill start to the year. It's like. We're going, guys. So jump on. Let's. There was an earthquake in Japan, and yeah. that's you know. And we got the earthquake. We've got you know a lot of astrologers are predicting you know there's going to be a lot of yeah. shaking of the earth because of the you know the Uranus Taurus uh, situation, Uranus and Jupiter situation. I know there's so much, but yeah, it definitely mm. has that feeling of like, get in, losers. We're doing a revolution. Like that's that's right. Yeah, work to do this for year. sure. <laughs> and we're leaving behind these. These Plutonian autocrats of, you know, the, you know, the capitalist fascists of, yeah. you know, the last 20 years, it's, you and know, the old guard and yeah. yeah, no, all of that, all of that, it's going to, it's going to move very fast because Aquarius, Aquarians don't like, like I said, they, they want the future and they want yeah. it now. Let's get and, there now. I'm this past. Yeah, let's get there great. now. And that's yeah. going to be the energy of, of the, the entire, you know, collective is like, we're done with that, you know, with that, you know the Pluto and Capricorn, you know, oligarchs and et cetera. And that's, no, I'm just, I'm so like, and I, I know we got to get off Pluto because we got like much, so much to talk about, but like, I've also been thinking a lot about just the, you know, the death of the old guard of, as Pluto goes out of Capricorn and into Aquarius or whatever. But then there's also boomer, the boomer generation who's born with Pluto and Leo, they're going to have Pluto oppose Pluto. Exactly. Like, like the Good boomers point. are going to, they're getting gonna get hit you know like <laughs> you boomers. that's good morning that's a good point like, okay boomer okay <laughs> well it's a generational thing and because i've been reading the fourth turning i'm kind of obsessed with it 
Um, have you guys read that? Mm -mm. Krista, have you read no. The Fourth Turning? Um, it's a wonderful book. It's It was written, in, it's funny because it was written in, I think, 1997. Mm. And he predicts, uh, you know, a big, a big, the fourth turning coming. Mm. And it was, mm. they were in the third turning. And he talks about the generational shifts. Right. When a yeah. generation shifts into power, um, that, uh, you know, everything changes. And the boomers had such a profound effect on the world. And now that the boomers are in old age and you know they're leaving and gen x is coming into power and the millennials that is that causes uh this this shift it's called the fourth turning a crisis point and it's been the seculum is like 84 to 100 years of human life which is also a cycle of uranus right so right. if you go back to the cycle of uranus the last time uranus was here was in in world war ii 1941 so we're yeah. finishing this cycle it's, mm. a, it's a huge fourth generational cycle and boomers are Boomers are the ones that are leaving us. So, yeah. Hmm. Sorry. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, Pluto can definitely take up the the energy because I mean, it, it's a big shift. There's no doubt because it doesn't change signs sign so quickly, and and that's a, and we also the you know, the U.S. has a Aquarian Moon, even though it's a late degree, uh, but you know it's got that that energy of the Aquarius. So it's it's definitely going to take up the conversation a lot um, for a while, and, and it should because I I don't think okay. I personally think that. We don't understand Pluto. Just a little bit of digging I did. I said, I don't think we, we get it. And I think that's innate. It's kind of like Neptunian that way. <laughs> Neptune's a little like that. But there are some other things. So I know that um, we can talk about, if you want, some of the, the times of the year. I know that, Caroline, you wanted to talk about the springtime, and that does seem to be a pivotal time. So we could sort of jump into there, oh. if you like, and look yeah, at the I'm spring really um, and talk about what you see there. Well... Be this April, I was trying to decide as I was going through the lunations, the new moons and the full moons of this year, I was trying to like pick like, what's the gnarliest one? You know, what's the best one? And so I went way down in the weeds with that. I was like, boobs deep in the cosmic weeds. So I did come up with, I think, I'm the clearest, the clearest one, as far as the biggest impact of our reality is going to be in April. Because that is um oh, oh, why am i in october april 8th is that great american eclipse right y'all know about that right yeah so no no eclipse, tell us about that not everybody knows it. <laughs> <laughs> it it is at 19 degrees aries it's a solar eclipse it's a total eclipse and it's going to be visible in the united states um and it goes from it actually goes from um mexico through uh, America, uh, United States, up into uh, Canada. Mm. And it ends up kind of around Newfoundland and Nova Scotia. Mm. Now, it will be seen, it will be uh, in totality for like four minutes in, in some really big major American cities. Mm. That's why this is kind of like everyone's really paying attention to this, because it's going to go over like Dallas and I mean, just huge, big American uh, cities. Mm. So, and it's what happened is the eclipse that happened in October in Libra, that crazy eclipse that, um, you know, was they started the, you know, that sh demonstrated or um, clued us in to the uh, to the Israeli Hamas um, conflict and the United States um, Pluto return. Anyway, that eclipse, this is the opposite of that eclipse. So mm. as a solar eclipse, right, because that was Libra Aries, this is Aries Libra. So they're tied together. Right. Okay. 
So we look at what started then. What started then? Well, it was October, you know, and so that was. So this one and April 8th, this eclipse is kind of like it's a polar. It's it's kind of like it's it's as far as you talk about balance, mm -hmm. but it's conjunct Chiron. Exactly. And so I think this has to do this hat, this war, this war access, you know, the um, Aries Libra is war and peace, justice and, you know, revenge, all of that. This, this is a, a big, this is going to be a big exploration of our traumas and our wounds and our healing and yeah. uh, human suffering. So it's it's i think the whole the whole year kind of reacts off of that in in april so yeah it's a big spring and it also has we've got all of these um we haven't talked about the you know the outer planets like neptune and um uranus conjuncting uh fixed stars so when that happens these fixed stars it's it's an entire uh you know uh human uh the human journey is a big it's a big big time in our in our humanness and i think that goes with the pluto and aquarius and, and are we as, as human beings like not just as systems and mm. um you know and our suffering that we cause we bring on to each other through war mm. and you know so yeah i think it's that's that to me was the biggest one and also i think there's going to be a lot of we're kind of ignoring neptune i'm kind of annoyed with that <laughs> with other astrologers <laughs> they'll go oh, no oh neptune that's just about dreams and stuff and illusions and stuff uh. dismiss but oh, it's going to be conjunct okay. a fixed star sheet this year. Mm. And so I, at the beginning of the year and Saturn's in Pisces, I'm like, oh, my God, this is all naval. This, there's going to be some naval conflicts. There's going to be, um, you know, a lot of um, military naval probably. And you know what? In the Red Sea, that's blowing up right now. Mm. And with the with the Houthi rebels and all of that. So we're going to see even more of that. I think that this war, this wars that we're in are all going to start. Shh, we're all going to, uh, our eyes are going to be turning to the oceans, right? Because Neptune, the oceans, you know, I called it the, the wounded healer, warrior moon, red sea pirate moon. <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> you know, I like and it. also Neptune's revenge. I mean, oh. the ocean's revenge. We're having all of this crazy whale action too with the orcas, you know. I think um, the whales are probably going to rise up and just yes. kill us, I hope. Oh, uh, they're 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 much more conscious you, than we are. <laughs> they're not. They do right, it a different way. To what, <laughs> what you said, I'm going to spark off of what you said, uh, Krista, about the uh, intelligences, right? And Pluto being an Aquarius and an intelligence in the mind. Very much, we're going into that. We're exploring intelligence, right? Mm. That's what this is. I mean, we're uh, we're talking about artificial intelligence, but we're also talking about you know alien intelligence, but whale intelligence intelligence of um we're starting to communicate with them we're starting to figure out how to talk to them and that i think that's going to really be a big um a big part of pluto and aquarius too and because the ocean the ocean has something to say to us and we're not we're ignoring it and it's, it's at our own peril so carrie i'm sure you would have an opinion about the ocean and the environment here yeah, I actually uh, work as basically in fisheries for natural resource management. Currently, I work with the uh, University of California. And um, yeah, you know, I, it's just on a personal note, like it's, 
it's well, you know, this is what I do for my, my day job. I've, I've committed my life to it basically. So when I receive these news about, you know, the, the ocean rising and like the surf, we're having like King tides. So yeah, like the coastline on California, there's so many videos of that online where the ocean is just like moving in. And, but it's, it's happened on the East coast too. They had some bad storms and where I'm from on Long Island, I, I spent my childhood growing up on Fire Island basically every summer. That's what I consider my home. And I was like crying the other night about it because I was looking at all this footage of the beach just basically being gone and coming to the reality. And yeah, this year's about reality of how that's probably not gonna be there anymore in my lifetime. And like hoping that just a forest is preserved and hoping that a piece of it it remains and that it's not all gone, but knowing that that's kind of a really high hope to have as we move forward with all of this. And um, yeah, it is a great, it, it's, I mean, for me, it's very much like a death on mourning that's happening, but for other people, you know, it's, this is going to be experienced very differently. Some, some points throughout the year for me, I am not looking forward to the election time, <laughs> as we all are, <laughs> because, well, first of all, uh, points of interest, it's always October, no matter the year, because that is when we start to get a sense of the following year and that theme. And that's also like coming off of September when we had our last like the the theme of the year kind of came to a culmination point and it was our last uh, opportunity to make use of what needed to happen that year so we exit out of december and we always come in into october and we're faced with the future and we're we have like just three more months to like wrap it up and what that means for us etc but in this year particularly uh october ooh, I would group October and November together because October is a nine month that's shedding, that's endings, that's things falling apart. We are in that month right now, but it looks right now to be like a lot of cleaning and making room for what needs to happen and yeah, dealing with the past. But when this happens again, when this cycle happens again, it will be more of like things that will fall apart. And I would group that with November because endings are always beginnings. November is a one month, so something new starts. What that is, though, it, when you think about everything that's happening, it's hard to say how one feels about it. I mean, it depends on where you are in the world, what, mm. what's going on. But for us in America, I know it's like we, we kind of like look at all of the trajectories that we could go down and it's all kind of just like it, it none of it ends well <laughs> i don't think i mean the, there's like three options in my mind it's like it's the status quo we just do what we've always been doing and business as usual but we're outraged by that mm. 
or it's you know the thing that happens that we're all trying to avoid happens and then we're outraged about it or we have this alternative and oh my god we we realize yes an alternative is a choice wow mm. and we go down that path but then we've never done that before so everyone is just losing their minds <laughs> So I'm like looking at all the, 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 op I think we all are too, just outside of numerology, not even going into numerology, looking at all the things that could take place and are just like, I don't even want to deal with that right now. So I think eventually we'll get there. I think January really just needs to be this time of literally cleaning out your physical spaces and taking inventory and realizing I have more than I thought I did. This is great. And then in February, the year actually begins. Mm. And in, in March, we kind of learn how to balance some stuff that is extremely imbalanced. And in May, we just kind of like work hard and have consistency. And But a lot of obstacles come up as we're coming, you know, just through these hectic waters. And, you know, I think some interesting times will be June august and october and november as one chapter of something exiting and something starting up again and yeah that's that's my thoughts for a short brief summary on the eight year i'm tired just thinking about it you know just to <laughs> I, um I to support you uh august i thought was interesting too isn't that is that the democratic convention in august uh, I don't know, but it's but we're, but that our, I agree with you. That was an interesting month, and then also new beginnings in, in November. I got that with the tarot as well. Interesting. Um, and then I do do either you know Caroline Marnie is is the Republican convention July? Is it July? Because if it is, I, I think it's going to be an amazing like show it of egos. July, yeah. <laughs> it had like a really strong. It was like a really strong egotistical card, and I said, "Oh my God, that's just going to be a." like a whole like over the top drama <laughs> so but but yeah i thought i don't know i had a little hope because of a couple cards that there might be some pleasant surprises around the election i'm not saying that's going to be perfect but there were a couple really middle pillar cards in the kabbalah yeah. which i really liked and i thought okay because honestly i didn't even want to do a prediction <laughs> I was like, I'm, I don't want to look at the cards at all. And then I was like, okay, you know, there's some that actually look pretty decent this year. So because I think we all have a little PTSD for from, I don't know, since the pandemic started, really, if you think about it. So anyway, I thought yeah. just to tell you that it, could, it kind of supports some of your own observations. Uh, what do you what do you ladies think, Marnie and, and Caroline, about sort of this is an election year? Obviously, it's going to dominate a lot of the conversation here in the U.S. Um, first of all, can you hear the ice cream truck at my place? Because it's super loud and annoying. No, I think he's going away. Oh, my gosh. It's making me crazy. All right, <laughs> now I want ice cream, uh, though. <laughs> like the distant fairy. I did. I, before I go down the election road, which is brought um, I did want to add to uh, just something that uh, we were talking about with the uh, the Chiron conjunction of that April eclipse and the wounds of war and all of that kind of stuff. Um, because I think we also we can't forget about Mars. Oh <laughs> yeah, Mars is going to have some hot hot action. Yeah, uh, no mm. pun intended, or maybe it is. But I wanted to point out uh, just that when Mar Mars is going to go into Aquarius on 
Valentine's Day, and it's going to exactly conjunct Mars at zero degrees Aquarius. And so I saw that and I was like, oh, we're going to have, it just feels like, talk about a Valentine's Day massacre. I was like, Mars is going to conjunct Pluto, you mean? I mean, Pluto. Did I say, yeah, yeah Mars is going to conjunct Pluto at zero degrees yeah. Aquarius. I don't know what I said, but that's what I meant. So yeah, and that's on Valentine's Day. And I just thought that's that's kind of interesting that, you know, that because Mars is, you know, associated with war and stuff like that, it got me thinking about just that and then going into the the wounds of war, uh, kind of Chiron conjuncting the eclipse. And I just think there's going to be some intense Mars energy to, that we can think about because I think that one of the themes for us, especially with what we're seeing with like the way that people are responding to the, you know, Israel and Palestine conflict and that those these these war wounds that we've been walking around with and also even going back to World War Two and just like this uptick in like people getting back on board with fascism and Nazi propaganda, just yeah. all kinds mm-hmm. of really dangerous stuff. And I think that these war wounds, I, I just feel like we've been walking around with some of these things for a while and it's like those kinds of wounds that at some point it reminds me of Caroline will know what I'm talking about when I say the bullet metaphor but it's like walking around with this kind of bullet under your skin and for a while you're fine and then one day it's like oh it's festering it's turning necrotic and I it has to come out and I think that that's something that we're looking at in terms of our country's karma that like we we have to dig that infection out we have to deal with it because if we don't it's going to continue to fester and um and anyway that's 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 just kind of where my head was going when we were talking about the wounds of war um and then i also wanted to go a little bit into that you know going into saturn and neptune being in pisces all year i think that there's a lot of themes of what you know, Saturn is very concerned with limits and Pisces and, and Neptune, they're so limitless and there's no boundaries. And, you know, I think that there's going to be a lot more, um, we're going to see a lot more issues with like, what boundaries can we set on on migration and immigration and and those, the practices of, you know, with Neptune and Pisces, it's like, we've seen a lot of people get more into spirituality and astrology seen this big, like people are getting more into these things and people are more open to talk about their mental health. And, you know, how many ads do you hear for better help? You know, if you're mm. on YouTube for an hour and a half, you hear it and, you know, <laughs> it's just, it's very common. And I think with Saturn there, we might see some people trying to put more like kind of pr- either practical application in a good way, but also, even putting restrictions and setting boundaries for things within those like kind of Piscean themes. Interesting. I, I wanted to go back. I do think the Chiron is pretty important because I'm pretty sure it's the Chiron return. And I've been rereading the books because I went through my Chiron return in my 50s and then at 50. And Richard Knoll talks about something really interesting. Chiron is not simply the wounded healer. It's gotten kind of into that niche, but the story of Chiron is much more complex and interesting. And one of the things he brings up, and he was one of the original books on Chiron, he talks about Chiron being the place of finding your quest. And if you think about Chiron in the myth, he trains a lot of the heroes. And so I think if we broaden, one of the things I'm hoping will happen with with astrology is that it will start to broaden in ways I think, I don't know why, as it became popular, 
because this is in old books. These are in books. These are not new things. And and somehow it's become a little niched in certain areas. And everyone talks about Chiron as the wounded healer. And that's really not it's Chiron teaches. Um, he had a very successful life. He was married. Um, he, there's just so much more. And I love that idea of of a quest, because obviously if Chiron, sometimes it's our because of our wounds, we go on a quest. We go, okay, this is where I'm questing. And so maybe if we start looking at some of this in a broader way, it won't be so so terrifying. You know, like this is a call for a quest. What is the quest? What is the United States quest? And I think all of us sort of know, we've all talked about it, a lot of the needing to, to heal the wounds from the past, the indigenous wounds and the founding of this country and Caroline talking about the Constitution. You know, so seeing that more from that rising up as something we can do and, and, and the hero's journey in a sense. I, I like that. He, it's a really short little book. I really like that book on Chiron that he has. But I did want to add that because I think um, it's important to Chiron to understand that it isn't only the wounds of Chiron, which he received at the end of his life more so that there's more. And also, as I said, this is in the astrology books that originally came out about Chiron. So somehow it got lost a little in translation. I would like to add something about the Chiron uh, situation. Marnie, to what you were saying about February, and actually, Carrie, too, what you said about that is when the new year really begins, right? Mm-hmm. And remember, we're, we're, we're going into the year of the dragon, the um, Chinese uh, year of the dragon on the February 9th, I believe it is. Isn't that the moon? Uh, so it does, that's when you, that that powerful energy of the dragon with the Pluto and Aquarius. So it's showing us this is a power year, right? But to to go back to what you said, Marnie, about Mars, Mars going to the zero point ingress point with Pluto. Mm-hmm. Also, Venus will be there too, right? She's going to do the same uh, thing yeah, around that time. Both Venus and yeah. Mars are going to hook up at that zero degree point with Pluto in February. So to me, yeah, I, I agree, Carrie. I think that is really the beginning of, of it all. You know, January's are processing through it. Um, but yeah. um, also... February 17th, just FYI. Yeah. So February 17th, that's Venus? Yeah, that's when Venus goes in. So it's all... Okay. Really- On February 19th, um, Krista, that is when the North Node conjuncts Chiron exactly. Okay. So it's at 16 degrees. So that's really important um, for our Chiron journey, uh, our quest, Chiron's quest through this year. So it begins, that's that's mm, the cool. big conjunction on February 19th. So we've got a lot of that um, that coming in in February. And it'll be probably around that crazy new moon um, and February 9th. I call it the dragon moon because... Oh, yeah. Know, right. The Aquarius and, and, new moon is yeah year of the dragon starts yeah year of the dragon starts and um also that you were asking uh krista about july and august and i uh, carrie was talking about it too mm-hmm. um and it's really funny because i had a note here on my moon my moon notes uh that is uh 27 degrees aquarius now krista you know what that is that's the conjuncts the united states moon yes the sibling moon chart right so that is going to be in Jupiter square Saturn for the first time at 17 degrees on that moon. So uh, that's and the the um, Mars will be at 21 degrees uh, Gemini. That's going to conjunct um, Donald Trump's uh, mm. sun moon sun. Um, 
North Node uh, situation there. So that's going to be a really, that's a very USA uh, mm. <laughs> karma <laughs> in August. Ah. So yeah, so th that full moon, August uh, 19th, um, I bet we're going to start seeing maybe we're going to start seeing some America stuff there, but in July too, mm. um, July and August. So the summer, it is going to be a very, um, you know, I think because of the election, of course. Right. But we still have that 27th degree of Aquarius moon. So that's telling us something. And I think it's also something that is, is repetitive a lot in the um, when you look at this uh, election astrology and as, is women. Because remember, the moon is the soul of the country. Right. But it also represents women and the people. Right. Mm, right. And um, that uh, that is conjuncting the moon. I think women are going to play a, a large, large part of the power formations that are happening this year. And I think um, it is kind of the a little bit of the um, look out for the goddess energy, you know, the feminine energy. Uh, it's, I think it's going to dominate. Uh, women are going to dominate uh the, these this power uh this power matrix that's building now that in in october and um you know so that's 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 a big moon too hmm. yeah Fascinating. i think uh, the, the women's just the women's issues thing because it's like i didn't spend a ton of time on it because it's just this ongoing hell but then i found out about something just like it's still kind of a developing story but that and this was probably inevitable though we finally have like a woman did actually die in texas because she mm -hmm. needed an abortion and couldn't get one and she died and you know we've had a lot of women getting sick and fleeing states and you know going having to go really really far for care but the woman actually died now because she could not wow. get an emergency abortion that would have saved her life and this is not i mean i say it was inevitable but it's like it's absolutely heartbreaking and vile and i i don't see that you know we can we can't keep going on the way we're going on the stuff that's going on with women's issues and rights is so egregious and appalling that there's no way that that's not gonna um you know that fight has to go on it has to go on our lives depend on it so um so yeah i think that that's definitely going to be it's going to be interesting. I think there's an interesting thing. I, I hate to even bring her up, but like I was looking at it and I was just like, it's kind of weird that Nikki Haley's birthday is January 20th. Like she's literally born on that end of Capricorn, 29 Capricorn zero Aquarius cusp. We don't know her birth time. Mm. So it's like right there. And I'm like, it's just, and it's so weird because it's like, oh, this, like the Republican party's a hot mess and I'm, I'm no Nikki Haley fan, but I think it's very interesting that of all the people, the Republicans, the, she's kind of the only one that's had any shot at like kind of creeping forward a little bit with Trump obviously being in charge of everything for some reason, but it's like all these other men are just sort of falling away. You yeah. know, Chris Christie just dropped out and, you know, people are just dropping out and it's like, it's kind of weird that she's born on January 20th. Mm. Bizarre. But that is I saw that last night, Marnie. I wanted to talk to you so bad about that. It was really late. I was like, I kept putting it off. I said, Oh, I have to do Nikki Haley's chart. Oh God. <laughs> all right. So I did it last night. And as soon as I, as soon as I saw that 29th degree of Capricorn, yeah. At her son, I'm like, uh oh. 
<laughs> yeah, she's and coming. it was what she said. Like, her, yeah, the sun could have gone into Aquarius. I mean, who knows? It was, it was, it was minutes away from going into Aquarius. Okay, just like on the election and the in the during the yeah. election, Pluto is going to be back to twenty nine yes. degrees. Yes, guys. Right. that's what I think is so bizarre. It is. It's, yeah. We're at that twenty nine zero mark again. It's so weird. I think to to make and you know what we we're kind of the elephant in the room is the election predictions right yeah, I mean uh, yeah we're like <laughs> skirting around now like but yes Marnie when I saw that I was like uh, it just kind of and the fact that um, Jupiter will be um, in Gemini Jupiter will be in Gemini right at twenty one degrees and that's going to be sitting right on top of Donald Trump's stuff but it's opposing his moon yes and I kept thinking I said it's going to be a woman it's going to be a woman. That's yeah. going to take him down. And I'm like, and, and I thought that in, in every, in every way, you know, as far as, you know, the women are, men can't seem to do it. Mostly women that yeah. he's up against. If you look at the women after him, it's illegally yeah. in the legal arena, every arena. And, yeah. it, and it's these fierce women. And when I saw Nikki Haley in the first Republican debate, which, yeah, I admit I watched, I was kind of like, what is this? And I was really watching it for Chris Christie because Nikki Haley was really low in the polls. Mm. And I watched it and my, and it was my intuition. I was like, oh, okay. She's, boy, she stands up against these men. She's powerful. And it's like, and I was like, ooh, I would watch out for her. And I was like, uh, but then the next day people start talking about it. And I'm like, uh oh. And that's why last night when I looked at it, I was like, I kind of was upset with myself for not not uh, paying attention to my intuition. You know what I mean? Because I, I should have right. been looking at that way before because I dismissed her. Right. Well, what about Robert Kennedy? What do you, any of you think about? <laughs> that's a child. I haven't looked at his chart. So. <laughs> Well, let's do that right now. Yeah. I, does does he have a legitimate chart? I, I wasn't sure I could find one that was uh, um, valid. Like it was definitely his time of birth. Uh, you know uh, what, I, I, I didn't even look at him at all. Like I've honestly, he is so unhinged. I have a hard time even thinking about him. He repulses me on a very visceral level. <laughs> but I think the independent voters, the independent party, or whatever the, the independent party it's the no party view but, themselves as so independent yeah <laughs> no but i think that there, there is going to be a big i think we're going to have a you know i think because the last time it happened when uh an independent uh candidate threatened uh, you know anybody was ross perot and he got all the way yeah. up to 40 percent mm. and i think that this year is going to be the independent party is going to be like because also look at the look at this you know the Aquarius Pluto and Aquarius right. energy that's about independence and people trying to find an alternative like Harriet said that. so I think that's going to be you know it's, yeah, it might it probably will be an issue it will it's going to threaten the two parties and it's going to probably change it's probably going to change the vote you know what I mean I think it's going to have a big impact yeah. on it so someone like Robert Kennedy we really need to look at his chart because yes someone could come I in I know there's probably going to be more and more with Pluto and Aquarius I would think more that alternative third party, independent party, that kind of stuff right. start right. to actually become more relevant, I think. And very relevant. I think so. It's going to have a big influence on it, on it all, I think. Well, I think that we'll but probably do a show on the election just a little closer to the election, too. And maybe the summertime, it's just it's a lot to cover in general. Um, I'm glad you mentioned, though, Jupiter in Gemini, because it will conjunct the U.S. descendant in yeah. July. 
And so, and, and, you know, Uranus is right there near the descendant too. So I don't know. I think Jupiter sometimes also gets a, you know, a little overlooked in terms of its effect on things. It's like, you know, it, it didn't during that pandemic when it conjunct in Capricorn, the Saturn Pluto, then everybody's like, oh, you know, so well, because the mistake people make about Jupiter is because they like, oh, Jupiter's just good. It's just great things happen. It's like, oh, everything's going to be awesome. And it's like, it's a gift. And it's like, Jupiter expands and it makes bigger so when jupiter in 2020 when it conjuncted that the saturn pluto stuff it was like it was like oh it's gonna get that it's like oh no oh no it's gonna make it huge and it did as soon as jupiter hit that it's not an epidemic it's a pandemic (laughs) that's why with jupiter this year there's so much jupiter this year you guys that's why this this is gonna be like it's going to be so rock and roll because it's like with Jupiter and Uranus, it's just going to make everything bigger, brassier, just, you know, just more. Uh, we're jumping the shark. We're jumping the shark NATO. Oh, we big are time. jumping the shark. I was we wondering, if, based on uh, looking at Chiron return 50 years ago, there was this um, record tornado event um, <laughs> where... It was called Super Tornado Outbreak. It was the worst tornado outbreak in U.S. history. Within 16 hours, 148 tornadoes touched down across 13 states from the Great Lakes to the southeast, April 3rd to 4th, 1974. I said, uh-oh. <laughs> I said, are we going to have a bunch more wind events? Um, and I know we're moving eventually into sort of that age of air we've talked about. Well, and then also shows. water events with Saturn and Neptune are, are, are both in Pisces the whole year. You know, and uh, so there's probably maybe we're going to have air and flooding and <laughs> a little bit of everything. <laughs> right, right. So, uh, Krista, so in 1974, was that you talked about the Chiron return? Which yeah, that was Chiron like the return? 50 years ago when that was from, when Chiron was in Aries. Yeah, it was. It's the same as this year, basically. I just there's a couple fun things, too. Like it's evidently I went back even 100 years. It's a good time to invent games. Uh, Rubik's Cube was invented 50 years ago. Oh, oh, the big news, though. Oh, my God. How did I miss this? August 8th, 1974, Richard Nixon resigned. 50 oh, years. Oh, that's great. I was like, wow, my God. That could be yeah. good. Okay, give the- me that date again. August 8th, August 1974, 8th. Richard Nixon resigned. Mm-hmm. So Chiron, oh. could that mean Trump is gone? Yes. That's I mean, what it means to me. I'm I just guys, thought that was a good awesome. a good thing. <laughs> it's like, yes, please let that repeat. <laughs> That's interesting. Well, yeah, I mean, that. Even just going, you know, into the Aquarian vibe versus the Leo vibe, you know, that's very much like it's the king must die and ah, the death of celebrity culture. Mm. Like if it wasn't for celebrity culture, we wouldn't have had that asshole. Sorry. Exactly. You're right. So it's like <laughs> that, like opposing that Leo energy, I think that is he is so bad. And it doesn't he have Leo rising. I think so. Yeah. And he's got like Mars right in there. He's the epitome of Trump 29 degrees conjunct regulus. Yes, he does. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, He's so, but it's like very much that like, I'm, I'm the king. He's the king boss. And I'm, and I'm a, you know, when I had a TV show and it's like that, the, so I think that, that, that energy is, you know, I I don't know. I do do think he's going down. I just hope it's in time. I, I, Krista. To go, to, I want to. I want to go back to that just for a second because sure. that's a really excellent um, predictive uh, tool there, with uh, uh, Nixon uh, during the Chiron uh, uh, return. So, yeah. So we're going back to. Um, I mean, you have to in order to heal. You have to have justice. No justice, no peace. Right. right. 
And so we're kind of revisiting. It's so funny because in the in the collective right now, especially in this country, we're all, we're bringing up uh, Richard Nixon all the time. You know? Yeah, you're true. Like, that's well, right. right. Yeah, and how yeah. he was pardoned. And are we going to do that again? I think that might be a question this year too. Mm. Right. That's that's really interesting uh, point there. Now, I had a, a number question to ask Carrie, and it, me, it might mean nothing, but. Do you think, Carrie, that the number 91, the 91 indictments, has any significance numerologically? I mean, first of all, it's a hell of a lot of indictments, but I just thought, you know, uh, the synchronicity, it seemed like a kind of cool number, 91. So I didn't know that. I guess that's a 10-1. A, a uh, do you think there's anything or is just kind of a, a coincidence? I mean, I wouldn't look too far into just random numbers everywhere. I kind of just mostly focus on our the chapters of us and as individuals and on the planet. I don't really, unless like you're being haunted by a number, that's also a phenomenon. But when you just like notice like random things like that, I would not look too far into it. But, you know, like just some initial thoughts right off the bat nine and one that's an ending and a beginning and i that's what i was talking about with october and november where things are falling apart and also starting up again um the, that combination is like the stop start code on to a sequence of events um yeah but you know it's like and yeah i call trump yump because <laughs> Uh, in, that's kind in, in that is i call it way worse yeah <laughs> well in numerology name gives you power you know what name that you choose and stuff and i mean what is the definition of trump that's like an actual word it's like you're overbearing over something and he has mm. a cult following so i'm like i call him yump because mm. um, <laughs> people know who i'm referring to and it's not that <laughs> right uh, but I would I highly recommend uh, looking much more closely at RFK Jr. He has the leading yeah. for young people and don't watch the news. Uh, spend at least 40 hours watching his long uh, videos of his. He has a lot. He has like many, many, many hours on YouTube in various places now where he's being interviewed. I recommend watching those and developing your own opinion of that. And also I recommend just looking at his career mm. and things that he did. And you're gonna like a lot of things and you're gonna not like a lot of things, but you'd be surprised. Uh, I think that if anyone's going to change the course of events, it's gonna be RFK Jr. Mm -hmm. wasn't he good with the environment the one of his yeah, he more positive he sued monsanto he has a, a advanced environmental lawyer career which is why i like him that's where i'm coming from and yes there's a lot of things that i don't like about him but i do think that if there's anyone who stands a chance in the situation that we have it could be him so i would just take a closer look at everything that that is on again don't like watch the news about him don't read the headlines just go and do your own research and watch the long interviews and see what he actually is saying and you'll be like oh okay this is what's happening that's okay fair. carrie i just did it i just pulled up his chart and oh, you know yeah. his his son is at 27 degrees capricorn and that's the that's the degree of the united states um pluto return oh wow. that's right. very interesting <laughs> that is really yes yes wow. Wow. 27 and he's got moon and cancer so he's born on the full moon 
Very interesting. Okay. So yeah, I think you're right about that. I think we need to look a little deeper in here with that right there. My first sign, 27 degrees. Yeah. Capricorn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's going to, he's going to. I've noticed yeah, if you right. listen to him on like 1.25 speed, it's easier because of his uh, speech issue. It makes it easier to hear. <laughs> I'm not trying yeah. to be ableist. I'm saying it just makes it easier yeah. to hear. Yeah. He he talks about that a lot. He's like, I feel bad for everyone who can still listen to me. <laughs> He's very humble about it. He is like, yeah, I, I, I cannot listen to myself talk. Like, I'm going on this interview and I will never listen to it because uh, I hate it, which is pretty rough. Uh, yeah. I think that that will force anyone to kind of go through a self-analysis and kind of mm. be character development at least, but you never know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know any of these people, actually. I just look at their career and I watch what they say and the kind of stuff they say and how they say it. And I develop opinion off of that. Mm. And I, that's kind of how I approach it anyway. But yeah, I, I, that's my best guess. If, if anyone's going to stir things up, it's going to be RFK Jr. And he is winning the vote for young people age 20 to 45. He's winning. Well, some of the older people, like my father, who's uh, 93 coming up, he is interested in Kennedy because it brings back the whole Kennedy era. I mean, it was like, exactly. wasn't it 60 years recently for the assassination? My dad is really into John F. Kennedy. and But he's looking at him, too, as a, a, a someone like you're talking about, someone he thinks can bring change. And even though my dad's been a big Democratic uh, party um, supporter, he's very disappointed with the Democratic Party right now, and particularly how they treated uh, Robert Kennedy, which is true. They 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 did they didn't treat him well. I, I agree with that. The little I watched the little the video about that a while ago, and so I think also the some of the older population, ironically, like Kennedy for their own reasons. And you're right, he's got a mixed. You know, he 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 claims he wasn't anti-vaxer, but I don't know. He he didn't do he didn't impress me with his position on the vaccine during the yeah, pandemic. Yeah, that's where I kind of like uh, there's yeah, some like a little woo woo with the health stuff that I think can be dangerous and that's why he's off-putting to me mm -hmm. uh, but yeah that that but, is for me you know young people are very disillusioned with you know our, our approach to foreign affairs and so if anyone's going to come in and you know do better with that they're going to have an edge over someone like biden right now, what about the economy? I, we haven't really, I mean, we sort of maybe should try to touch on it a little bit because that that seems to be something that we, I think we did last year a little bit about Bitcoin and what we thought was happening with the economy. What are your thoughts about the economy? Caroline, do you have any thoughts based on astrology? Yeah, well, with the Jupiter, the Jupiter-Uranus conjunction in Taurus uh, this year, um, it, that's what it that's what it's about it's because taurus you know rules uh wall street taurus rules um and venus rules you know the financial uh state of affairs and and it's the status quo stuff you know it's the venetian stuff it's extremely wealth and it's also um you know uh practical things like food and things like that the food supply so yeah i think with it conjuncting uranus that shows technology. Technology is going to um, just blow up, you know, the financial, the financial uh, institutions as far as you know 
Bitcoin and digitalized uh, digital digitalized currency. Yeah, we're going to see that this year for mm. sure, and it's probably going to be around you know in April around that conjunction. It's going to be all year, mm. but I don't think and I, I think what is it, it is it's going to be a frontier. I think you know we're the the ones that have controlled the banking. Um, and all of that. And that's what Pluto and Capricorn was about for the last, you know, 14 years mm. was all the whole financial, you know, uh, chaos that happened in 2008. We're still revert. We're still backlashing off of that. Right. And that was about the banks mm. and real estate and all of that. And it's it's coming to a point they're they're losing control. Mm. They're losing, you know, um, because what's happened is currency is going to become more democratized because if it goes digital, who's going to control it? Mm. the people are it's not going to have a centralized control so yeah i think we're definitely going to see that this year you know that's that's going to be one of the um one of the big uh explosive uh financial and i i don't necessarily think it's doom i don't think that at all i think it's the opposite i think it's actually a new way um away from uh, the capricornian uh, capitalist systems that we've been trapped in yeah, we're definitely. Or I, when I first saw in two thousand eight, when Pluto went into Capricorn, I was dancing around my house going, "Oh, the death to capitalism!" <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yay! Finally, Pluto's going to take you. <laughs> okay, but oh. you know, but it kind of has. It has definitely changed, um, changed the um, world. Uh, you know, the world systems. It has. Yeah, and I think we're going to see a lot of that this year. There's also, I think related to that because there's that there's a huge sort of like a, a pardon my language a Taurus gangbang happening in May but there's like there's <laughs> you were waiting to say that I'm sorry but <laughs> so weren't you you wrote that up. down yeah a pile up there's a, like so much is going so there's like the sun goes into Taurus of course for a good portion of May uh Mercury goes into Taurus Venus in Taurus Jupiter in mm. Taurus Uranus in Taurus so like I think that we're gonna see some a lot of stuff in May with you know just like again with money with how we relate to money Uranus being there is going to be like how can we revolutionize our money and how we approach it and how could you know i think that all of that stuff like crypto and all of that stuff we're gonna see a lot with that in may you know and i agree i i i had also may i picked the card the empress uh which is associated ah, yes. with venus and it was one of the few um this year it was there was more um from there's only a couple major arcana which doesn't mean it's more important but um but there was a couple venus cards i really was interested in and also, I sort of saw that I did sort of a, a double interpretation as, as the fifth house, the empress would be related to speculative um, investments and right. also women and children yeah, women being highlighted um, in general. I thought there could be some positive developments in education with women uh, throughout the world. Um, again, it can be very, very even the beginnings of it. So even though there's horrible things happening, I thought there could be some positive developments in general, and also um, creativity, even though we talked about that, I think particularly Carrie did last year with the seven, but that um, there can be some new developments creatively. Uh, and, you know, Michael and I are kind of late to the game, but we finally let go of our cable TV and we're saving $80 a <laughs> month. It's like crazy. The streaming stuff is making it much more democratic. You can get so much for free. Right, uh, right. And I, we just didn't know. We, we decided to do it for my father because he's on a fixed income and he doesn't need many channels. 
So we got the Roku device and all this stuff. And I was oh, like, oh, yeah. my God, I can't believe this is the first time I felt any kind of victory lately financially. <laughs> is that that that's one of the changes, I think, with Pluto and Aquarius is that technology being more equal and available in cheaper yeah, ways. This is great free content. Like I'm obsessed with Canopy now. Which is yeah, really cool. there is a lot of free content. content. So. Free content with your library card. It's really awesome. Marnie, I want to I just go back real quick on that point you made about May. I uh-huh. kind of like that full moon, uh, the Sagittarius full moon. There's May 23rd because uh-huh. in in May, Jupiter and Venus are going to try and, and we're going to conjunct in Taurus at 29 degrees. Isn't that interesting? Mm. So yeah. Jupiter, yeah. So Jupiter and Venus, and there's, that's a very Venetian ruled month anyway, because it's Taurus. So there's a lot right. of Venus energy, but Jupiter conjuncting Venus and Taurus. Now, if I was going to you know, be playing the stock market, I might be looking really seriously at that that date. I, that agree. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I and Jupiter conjuncts. And remember, it's at 29 degrees. 29 right. degrees Taurus. Right before it ingresses into to We're Gemini. We're seeing a lot of that 29 right. action. Oh, yeah. 29 is a big number. This, this uh, year, it's like looking at Neptune for like all of the summer through the end of the year is at 29 degrees, which is mm-hmm. not only is it the end of a sign, it's mm-hmm. the end of the Zodiac ruled by Neptune, which is like Pisces is the end. It's the whole Zodiac story. It's just like. Yeah, when yeah. Neptune goes in Aries, I'm, ugh, we're going to be a completely different reality. And I, yeah. I agree with what Carrie said. This is very much the end of, you know, we're very much at the very, coming to this ending point. And, the, you know, but it's kind of like, yeah, the door is open. The door is blowing open right now. Um, but we, we, yeah. we haven't quite stepped through it yet. Mm-hmm. So I think with Neptune, you know, when, the, right, next when Neptune goes into a nine year. Yeah. Because we're 29. We're right. We're 20. In astrology, 20, the 29th degree is the anoretic degree. And it's extremely important. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And it shows because it shows the ending of huge cycles. Right. Of, uh, humanitarian cycles. Sure. So sure. we're sitting right there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's and election intense. day having that 29 degree. Uh, Pluto as well. That's that's intense. So no, yeah, did, but that did, May did, that May full moon is a, is also in Sagittarius and it's at two degrees Sag, and that actually conjuncts um, Biden's uh, ascendant. So uh, hmm. I think that moon's going to have a different flavor. I think because um, oh. there's a lot of Ju- the Jupiter Venus all oh, of boy, that. I got to look out energy. for that. Mm. Yeah. Two yeah. degrees Sag. <laughs> what did you call it? The Torian gangbang. What did you call it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. You can you and can leave me out if that's not okay. And Venus and no, Jupiter are hanging fine. out together. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta have it's a sense a, of humor. Even if it's a little reading. dark, it's all right. We like hey, it's it. Taurus, man, she's a lover. Absolutely, yeah, she's not a fighter. Well, is it? There's that that version of Venus that's very lewd and lusty. There's two sort of oh, aspects yeah. to Venus. There's the Taurus and the Libra aspect. I always forget their their name. Uranus. I don't know what it is, but <laughs> so there is that part of Venus we're supposed right. to embrace that is more you know lurid and crude and and uh, and then there's the sort of you know eloquent one loves beauty and all of that kind she's of thing. She's a courtesan, you know. Yeah. She's, so I, she's I, a I lady think in the streets and a freak in the sheets. I can't wait to see what she does when she hooks up with Jupiter, though. They're gonna get we'll get big, and see, it's going to be a big party. <laughs> it's going to be a big, dirty party. It's be a big party. There's a lot of people in that gang. <laughs> so, hey, did any of you notice Mars is going retrograde? Yeah, yeah December know, yeah, 6th. I was like, we haven't even gotten to December I know. Well, I just wanted to make sure we included that a little bit since Mars doesn't retrograde very often or as, as often in yeah. Leo. Yeah. In Leo. Yeah. Which is our North Node, the U.S. 
has a <laughs> North London Leo in the eighth oh, house. <laughs> I don't mean to add an element of chaos, but uh, my, uh, I can hear my cats fighting. <laughs> see, well, we're talking like, about Leo. Talking about Leo. I think they have an opinion. Yeah, oh, Leo. About Leo. <laughs> They're gonna knock something over in a second. I'm just warning you guys. Okay, that's oh, no problem. Get hairier. So that's a, Mars, that's a Mars retrograde in Leo um, comment over there. Exactly. The that's yeah, a, so what do you think of that, Caroline? It's going to be a cat fight. <laughs> it's going to be a universe <laughs> <laughs> It is. That sounds <laughs> accurate. Because it's fighting for supremacy, right, with the Leo? Right. Fighting yeah. for, yeah, who's going to, you know, who's going to rule all this? Because that's what's going to happen. All the power starts shifting. You know, the whole, all the power starts shifting. We're going to be fighting for, you know, supremacy, which is. Right. We'll just be a month past the election. Oh. I think, you know, and with that Mars in Leo going retrograde, I feel like the the vibe is going to be like, but her kind of egos that are some bruised egos you know defensiveness you know hmm. hurt pride so yeah. how that plays out in the world we'll see but <laughs> it goes back into cancer in 2025 so right I mean, it's going to cancer which is you know also i think too like there's a little bit of you know with the the mars and the cancer like there's that sort of defensiveness and uh you know, kind of got to protect your underbelly kind of thing, you know. Um, so remember the new administration, um, the United States will have Mars retrograde in their chart. Right. Right. Oh, right. Because right. it stays, in, it's retrograde until February, 2025. Right. Right. Yeah, right. that's so exactly. That's gonna... And then it goes back to the original degree of May 3rd. So right. interesting, but the new administration having will be sworn in under Mars retrograde because it's almost like, I don't know like I hadn't really thought about that before but like because there's such issues of war and I kind of wonder especially kind of harkening back to that history of World War II and when when things started to first go bad and how so many people were like look we just don't want to get in another war we get that Hitler's doing all this terrible stuff but we just don't want to get in another war yeah of course we just gotta stay yeah. out of this war we gotta stay out of this war until finally it's like oh crap we can't stay out of this war so I kind of wonder if Mars being retrograde is if that's going to be a theme. I'm just speaking off the top of my head now. This is nothing I thought about before, but that theme of like, are when are you when do you go ahead and jump in the fight, and when do you kind of back off and wait to see how things go? When do you take action? Mars likes to take action, but it's in retrograde. So, and also on I just looked it up on the inauguration. I mean, on the um, new January twentieth will be the new uh, you know administration, right? When mm. When they're sworn in, it's Jan it's going to be 24 degrees Cancer, so uh, that's interesting. Mercury, it will be that will be in the chart, so we'll have Mars in Cancer, and that could also be like themes of like keeping it on the home front too, because it's Cancer. It's like that's good, and also again, to go out there and again we have degrees. Mars and Cancer are kind of like Cancer's the Moon, and the, you know yeah. it's the feminine and it's home, and Mars they they don't really like each other. Internal, external, it's yeah. very yeah and it's retrograde so an exploration of that and of course as a country we are it's a cancer country so i think yeah. mercury is almost a similar degrees in the united states chart mercury and cancer which oh you're right let me yeah i have that it That's... could mean that we're gonna have you know you know i was thinking cancer mars cancer maybe we're gonna have that you know we're gonna you know have to have a, a drag queen who's talking in charge <laughs> 
I told you, RuPaul. RuPaul. Hey, RuPaul. Yeah, RuPaul. <laughs> RuPaul for president. I'm still hoping for that. <laughs> yeah. That was our first video. It was very cheeky. That was. Not to be taken seriously. Very and I think cheeky. I'm going to delete it because it's insane. No, <laughs> don't delete idea. it. No, no, don't do that. Okay. You know, um, I'm wondering if maybe one of you would know if there's going to be any sort of um, revisiting of what happened during the um, writing, the writer's strike as a Venus and Leo. I'm wondering if anything's going to come up from that at around that time in Mars and Leo. I'm just I'm so glad you asked me that. I'm so glad because I was oh, yeah. just thinking Venus is going to go to 26 degrees, uh, you know, 29 degrees. And I did get to, I mentioned that before we came on 29 degrees, Leo. Um, and remember that uh, Venus retrograde is mm -hmm. when the writer's strike happened. Right. Um, mm -hmm. So I was thinking today, I was going, Oh, that when Venus goes back to that 29th degree, cause that's, that's what was crossing over. Um, I wonder uh, what that's going to bring up. And that's, is anyone check that out really quick when Venus goes uh, to the degree? So Venus. Yeah, I wish I could remember some of the the things one of my friends who knew more about the details of what would happen. And there were some, there were some time frames that were in the future in terms of like making sure things were happening, but I unfortunately don't remember it now. But anyway, it just crossed my mind. It could be connected a little, little to that. September 29th. I'm sorry. September 29th. September 29th, Venus goes, um is going to go the it's going to be i'm sorry september 19th venus will be at 29 degrees leo again conjuncting that regular star and that had a lot to do with you know uh, you know world leaders but it was also that venus retrograde period so what was the question originally you said about the writer strike I didn't know if that because Mars being in Leo would have any relationship with something coming, you know, back to talk about with either writers or the actors in terms of like that during that period. And only because someone had mentioned to me that there were some dates that were sort of set ahead that were related to the settlement. So I don't know. I was just more of a guess thing. I didn't really look into it. That's a good guess. June, actually, the date is June uh uh, June 15th, this 16th, Mars will be at 29 degrees. Um, yeah, Leo, I, and I was actually wondering, I was wondering if something was going to happen in June. I've been meaning to ask you guys that because oh, yeah. for me, uh, the it's like, a, I think it's a five month, I think. Hmm. Um, and if that is the case, five is just absolute chaos. It is just entropy. It's everything going in all directions at the same time. And it's shake it shakes things up the so, very first day of june we do have a Ju jupiter's gonna try and pluto yeah aquarius, aquarius to gemini gemini yeah and Sorry, that, i didn't mean to interrupt you carrie no no that, neither. That, that answers the question uh sure yeah so Go june ahead, being a, a, a sort of more chaotic numerological not month yeah potentially yeah, the number five is like you get shampoo in your eyes and then you trip and you sprain your ankle and then you meet someone extremely important. And it's like that. It's like anything <laughs> can happen. Murphy's law. Anything that can happen will happen. Oh, that's funny. Um, and that, and combined with the eight, that's a very business. If, you know, like you were talking about Bitcoin. I mean, I, I kind of have a biased opinion because this is my personal year cycle. So I have to figure out my finances, but I, mm. yeah, I bought Bitcoin for the first time because I think it's just like anything where you should, if you have some in money to invest, you should do that and you should spread it out. Um, and so that's what I've done. And I honestly, if there's going to be a financial collapse, I, it, it, it starts this year, mm. honestly. 
Mm. Uh, that's what I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I I could say that. Yeah, yeah. June's crazy, crazy year too. There's, there's a Venus, uh, the Venus Kazemi that's happening um, on I believe it's June fourth, where the Sun uh, conjuncts. Venus conjuncts the sun. That's always really important dates for Venus because it's a it's a star it's a Venus star point, um, mm. and it's in Gemini, oh, and yeah. it happens June uh, June fourth is the exact date, oh. date of the Venus oh. Sun Kazemi in Gemini. Uh, so yeah, so th- what what happens again? That's going to have to do with um, you know financial matters, and mm. um, and it's in Gemini. So God. Oh, so and then scary. Venus will. On the seventeenth, Venus is going to square Neptune. Oh my gosh! There's so many. Yeah. There's so much. I keep seeing new things yeah. that I I miss. I know it's a crazy year, huh? I know. Now, one yeah. of the things I, I think the reason why the U.S. has like this rebound economically has to do with its Pluto and Capricorn in the second house and its retrograde. Mm-hmm. Retrograde can be. Um, this is according to a couple different astrologers, extreme. So instead of just being about being backwards, it's about extreme behavior or it doesn't act the way it should. But, you know, I think Pluto is also the place I always forget this. (laughs) Pluto can be wealth in your chart where you have wealth because of the idea that in the underworld, there's all that treasure. And I was like, oh, yeah. So I think that's one way we, reason we get away with what we get away with in the U.S. is because of that placement of Pluto. I'm not saying it will necessarily be forever and we haven't had tragedies, but that's a strong energy, you know, to 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 really crush us completely. You know, I don't know that that would necessarily happen uh, more like maybe a period where we're crushed and we come back. And that's my just opinion why we don't just suddenly just completely bottom out. The USA chart has Jupiter uh, conjunct Venus in Cancer in the seventh house. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's always like it, it's that's a very, you know, that's wealth and that's big, the big, big wealth, you know. So that's why we're like the, the, the wealthiest country in the history of the world. Like we have amassed more wealth than, than you know, any any empire. <laughs> right. empire. Um, I was going to say something, uh, but I forgot what it was. So. Well, I think we're more likely to bring ourselves down. I think that's more likely how we're going to eventually the unrest will uh, express itself is through some form of a civil unrest is how I would oh, yeah. say that because you're like, we're, we're, we're lucky with that Jupiter. Um, in that case, yes, I think that we are. And, but we also kind of, I feel, you know, you can talk about that seventh house being overly expanding into other countries and things like exactly, that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Stealing yeah, the we wealth. Have friends too. There's a lot of the allies. We too. do have a lot of allies. Absolutely. Yeah. And that, that Jupiter being there, that's, that's, you know, that's why we have to be very, <laughs> we have to nurture that much more than we have, we have been. Yeah, I agree. And I think we, we, we could do that actually. I, I don't see why not, but it has to do with, we go back to, you know, the idea that in the long run, each of us has to evolve as an individual before the collective can possibly evolve. And I know that seems like a trickle effect, but I, I mean, look at, take, take for instance, you know, like one person, we'll use Nikola Tesla since he's such a brilliant example of one person that changed the world because of his inventions. Uh, and so it is possible for one person to have a great impact on civilization and i think that's our only hope i, I don't really think right but it's... he wasn't an american so he was a russian so that doesn't count 
<laughs> I, and I'm being cheeky here. Yeah, no, no, I, I wasn't saying that in terms of America, in terms of just how do we progress right. if we have all these things going on. I still believe that one person can actually make a difference and that groups, whether it's a Democratic Party or a religious group, I, I, I think that that's just not working to, I mean, I think that's become blatantly clear that it's not working. Groups are not working. They're they're not. People aren't are leaving churches. Or people aren't happy with their party. Whatever it is, whatever group it is. Well, in Aquarius is. It's funny how Aquarius has this interesting duality associated with it, which is a lot of talk about just being an individual. You know, it's like you think of the rugged individualist, but at the same time, Aquarius rules groups. It rules those sort of groups that you form. So maybe there is something coming with with this next phase of Pluto where we where we think a lot more about and that's a big theme in this country anyway of like, you know, that individual my freedoms versus, you know, what actually supports the group and what contributes to the group in a healthy way and to all of humanity versus the individual. I think that'll be that's a big theme. For yeah, us. and 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 remember Aquarius is humanity, humankind. It's yeah. Prometheus. It's it's yeah. when it's yeah, it's when, you know, man stole gods from the fire. It was like putting power back into uh, you know, the mankind. You know, right. humankind. And that, yeah, he brings this 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 gift that benefits humanity. Right. So I think that with that Aquarius theme, it and being in Aquarius, you you sort of have this feeling that it's like, yes, I'm an individual, but what can I contribute as an individual that will benefit the group? And and Aquarius is very concerned with that. It's great that I'm an individual and that I'm quote unquote unique. So if I'm so unique, what is it that I can bring to this situation to, to benefit the group? What fire can I bring to people? You know, that's the big that's the big question that I think will be in the next 20 years that will be, you know, till, you know, till 2020, 2044. That's when Pluto goes out of Aquarius. Not 2024, 2044. What did I say? 2024? Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> 2044. I barely accepted that it is 2024. So like... Right. I wanted to address something you said, Krista, because it really it triggers something in me. When you talked about Pluto, uh, Pluto being wealth, and it does rule, Pluto does rule the plutocrats, right? The wealthy. Um, there was a study done. I found it really fascinating um, by an astrologer about um, lottery winners. Like what was the dominant common, uh, you know, aspect in people that won a lot of money through the mm. lottery, like massive amounts of money, like, and Pluto does rule extreme wealth. Um, and it was really uh, kind of interesting because the one aspect that was uh, the most prevalent was all of them had some sort of Pluto personal planet um, aspect. Oh, and, and traditionally in astrology, everyone's like, oh, Pluto, oh, that's going to be a scary hard time. And it's going to be transformation. It's going to change you. And, you know, it's difficult, right? It's, it's a difficult aspect. But it's funny because they all had this Pluto, uh, like sun, Pluto, moon, Pluto, Venus, which normally you would think, oh, my God, you know. But I think that it just speaks to um, how the wealth transformed them so profoundly and a lot of them, you know, fell, you know, the lottery winners curse, you know, there's right. like a curse yeah. with it. So I, I thought that was really interesting. And I, and I think about that a lot when I do personal consultation, when I, when I look at someone with a Pluto aspect coming up, instead of going to, oh, you know, it's like it can it can bring you great wealth. It can bring you it's going to change you. Whatever right. it brings it's you, it's going to transform. Right. And what transforms someone more than anything is great, great wealth or great, great poverty, which right. would be very Plutonian extreme, right? 
Sure. Well, especially in our capitalist hellscape that we're still hanging in. <laughs> now, I did want to just thank a couple of people. Um, Chally and LM Spira are chatting there with Michael. And thank you for tuning in with all your comments. Oh, hey, and, guys. And Hi. appreciate that Hi, a lot. Lily. That's my friend, Lily. And uh, Michael, did you have anything you wanted to add? And I just wanted to make sure if you, you had a chance if you wanted to say anything for uh, this year, 2024. No, not a whole lot. Um, other than I'm going to just double down on my prediction that Bigfoot will not be found again. So right. there you go. <laughs> Big disappointment for the Bigfoot wrong. people. <laughs> and Trump will get indicted again. again. That was from last year. Yeah. So. Oh, on yeah. and on, you know. So, um, all right. So sort of, is there any sort of other major themes that any of you want to sort of talk about? Like we mentioned the finances a little bit, you know, I, I wouldn't mind adding maybe a little bit of talk about mental health. Cause I think that has been coming out more, uh, at least the commercials I'm seeing about fentanyl is like, you know, how to save people that have a fentanyl overdose. And I'm like, what? It's pretty frightening, but is there some possibility of, because things are coming out more that maybe there can be more help for any kind of mental health well, we issue. We have a lot of Pisces energy. Like we have that going on, which we've talked about a little bit, the Pisces energy. And I think, did we even talk about the September eclipse that's in this Pisces that we're moving? We didn't get to Pisces? September. No, we October. didn't do the September yeah, eclipse. Carrie yeah, did. So there's a Carrie full moon eclipse. Uh, I think it's September 18th, 25 degrees Pisces. Um, and then there's another another Libra eclipse. So we're doing that whole shift from the Libra Aries eclipse vibe to the Virgo Pisces eclipse vibe. And September is like that first kind of Virgo Pisces vibe. And because, you know, we have these other, we have Saturn and um, Neptune in Pisces the whole year, I do think that mental health issues are, that's going to be huge. Mental health issues, spirituality issues, all of that stuff is going to be big. And, you know, imagination and creativity and the arts, we might see some some of that coming out too. But it's a, it's a lot. And I know we're at like 2.48, so we're running out of time. <laughs> well, the Neptune being at that 29th degree of um, uh, Pisces and an anoretic degree, um, Neptune, I think uh, we tend, like I said, we tend to be kind of dismissive, dismissive of the ideas, you know, of Neptune, which is, you know, mental health. And we tend to, to not, to not really, Neptune is from the Roman, the Greek god Poseidon. It's the same thing. Poseidon was very powerful, a very yeah. powerful god. And it's kind of like, I'm wondering why recently in the, in the whole, you know, is it guys have, we sort of ignore him a little bit. And I find that that and that goes back to the ocean what we're talking right, about right. um we got to start paying attention to mental health and the ocean <laughs> you know yeah. what i mean these these neptunian because neptune is going to be conjunct the fixed star sheet and it's going to mm -hmm. we have to pay attention to this stuff and you're right marnie i think that um when it gets to that um that degree it's going to be around september and uh we're going to have to you know we're going to have to face our our um our demons are our well yeah and it's like this sort of i think the crisis of like all the disillusionment and the the resurgence of like weird cults and like culty thinking and conspiracy theories and the prison industrial complex and throwing you know it's just like we're at this point where it's like you can't just throw people in the in the you know mental hospital or the prison and just be like we're just not going to look at it 
because I think that's kind of been our approach is we just yeah. don't really look at that. And I and, think and we're spiritually I'm, we're spiritually depleted. And, you oh, know completely. what I mean? And Neptune. Completely. And and that's what I mean. We ignore that. We ignore and, and spirituality is kind of like it's woo woo and it's like, you know, it's, it's right. like and mental health is kind of woo woo. And it used to be such a stigma to even go see a psychologist. Oh, you couldn't even that's say true. that you had. Oh, to, no. Shame. You are shamed. Up by your bootstraps, you know, and I think that that's that's we're already seeing like that's not acceptable anymore. Mm. But, you know, we're, we're seeing and we're seeing the dark side of spirituality, too, where people do get caught up in, you know, in crazy conspiracies and stuff like that. There's a dark side to it. But I also think that we're reducing stigma, you know, and maybe Saturn mm. is helping us legitimize like that that like it's it's part of us it's it's like you know you need to take care of it you need to handle it and not just be ashamed of it you know i talk a lot about yeah and that buzzword of self-care i thought oh that's that we've been hearing a lot in the in the zeitgeist that's coming around um that's very you know uh neptunian and issues to, to dealing with you know who who we are and i yeah i i think that yeah we're headed for a crisis with that too I think one of the yeah. crises, based on something I just heard on Robert Greene's page, he was talking about something I, I feel really strongly about is this overwhelming information we're getting through social media and that we have to see it as a terrible disease where we have to turn away and not read that website and not look at that Instagram post and not post all the time because it's really, I feel like at some point we're just going to, our psyche is all going to crack and say, I can't take any more <laughs> in. It's like, I know when is that? I already feel that now happening. And I said, maybe that's right. part of it too. That mental break from all that, you know, information overload. Right. I agree. Yeah. I think, and we are that, kind of addicted. We have, and ne- that's a shadow side of Neptune is addiction. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, we have, you know, we all are, and I hate to admit it, but yeah, no, you know, I've got my phone. It, there is an addiction to, to information, and that's very. That's going to be a, a big theme of the next twenty years. Yeah, it's going to be harder too when we move away from into more air. It's it's almost like we're going to have to really pay attention to the body. And really, like Carrie said last year at the end, she talked about going out and seeing the world of wonder and connecting physically. That's going to be challenging, I think. Yeah, <laughs> more all, more. we are going to all be living in our inside our heads a lot, in our screens. Yeah. yeah. So, but we have to we have that, to figure it out. It, well, the age is usually your physical body, so I would argue that like it's it's more our physical senses right now. However. August is a seven is a seven month that's the realm of the mind if something comes to a head then 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 that's probably then where our like physical reality has to contend with our internal state as a collective of course that this is like going into more personal stuff which I try to not do because we're all going through our own cycles and that's going to look something like totally totally different but yeah health this this year is also like i said about health problems and our mental states are heavily tied into that and we need to acknowledge that of course um but then and then there's something else that i wanted to say regarding like the health issues and and our yeah like our mental health uh but i cannot really i can't remember i should have written it down and maybe it'll come yeah. back I think well, Chiron speaks to that too. I think Chiron speaks. Virgo Pisces, the eclipse, if, the, if it's full moon, then of course the sun's in Virgo, the moon's in 
um, Pisces and Virgo is very associated with like the healthcare industry and like more like physical health, whereas Pisces is a little bit more of the mental health. So there could be, I think that we're, we're also seeing how important it is to pr approach those things holistically instead of looking at it as like, here's your body, here's your mind, whatever. Right. Good luck. Right. It's like, no, at some hmm. point, these things, you know, we know that like mental health problems can, you know, cause physical health problems, you know, and physical right. health problems can cause mental health problems. And so it's, it's that interconnectedness, I think that we need to still do work on, but we're, we, I do think we're making progress, but we need to be more holistic about our approach to health. Yeah, I think that's something, a good piece of advice on my end is I think health this year will come out of reevaluating, like I said, what has value, what actually has value. Is it gay? Is it getting as much money as you can and then that's it? Or is it getting enough money so that you can have more free time to yourself? The real resource here, that the only real resource that we have as a human is time. Right. And we know that, but yeah. we also don't live like that. And we are very much in love with our own subjugation. It's no one wants to work anymore. And why, you know, it's just like you're un-American if you don't want to work 60 hours a week. And it's like, dude, the 40 hour work week is oppressive as it is. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, and our, our health is time. It's you know, like, even if you're going through the worst case scenario, you're not going to get better unless you just stop and do nothing for a long period of time. And yeah. we are just on the treadmill, go, 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 go. And like we learned with 2020, going back to what I said, that had consequences. And then we finally got off the treadmill, some of us, some unfortunate souls, that just meant more work for them. But a lot of people did get off that treadmill in 2020. And what for once was like, Oh, my God, I what was I doing? <laughs> How I you know, so I think, yeah, what actually what do we value? What what actually has value to me personally? Yeah, that's like, uh what what is worth my what is actually worth my time you know so for what that looks like for me for example because this is my personal eight year is trying to figure out how to use everything that I already have in a way strategically that gives me more time you know like my I have an expiration date on my job because every job in my field is just temporary unfortunately and you know it's just like all right well you could be upset about, you know, this having the um, financial insecurity of not having a job security, for example, which I think a lot of people can relate to right now. Mm. Or you can see it as an opportunity, like, okay, what do I have? And how can I use this to prolong, you know, the time that I have instead of just acting out of fear all the time and just going into the next job, any job at all? And then you you never get off that that treadmill where you're working extremely hard at low pay or, you know, you're working at a job maybe that you just don't like and is like killing you slowly either way. Um, I think that how we choose to use our time is very much involved with our physical health this year. And I speaking of time, we have two minutes. And so perhaps Marnie and Carolyn would like to just say one more thing about the year or not. So whatever you like. 
Marty, I want to I want to say Caroline? something about. I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I uh, carry. I want to say something about what Carrie said uh, with numerology with the number eight. Um, in 2026, all, all of these planets, the big major planets, are all switching into fire and air signs, right? So that's what a lot of astrologers are, are talking about the new beginning, right? Because now we're still we're still in that transition phase, right? We're still at the 29th degree, and that would be wouldn't that be 2026 would be a one year, right? Carrie. Eight and two is a ten, which is twenty twenty six. That would be a whole new chapter that would start, and so yeah, I, I do right. think twenty twenty five is going to be the actual collapse of something, and right. we're actually going to try to figure out how to pick up the pieces and do something with that for nine years after that. Hmm. Uh, I think right. So that's what that's what I just kind of wanted to, to yeah. end on on there is that yeah we are we are yeah, astrologically and you know humanity we are at this place of endings and we're still there we were, we're there we're yeah. very very the 29th degree we're at the number eight so we're almost to we're almost to one again um and everything at that time will be a new chapter and astrologically everything is different it's all fire and air signs and it's all you know it's very um you know saturn and neptune will be in aries uh in zero degrees and and it's like wow that's a whole new brave new world it really yeah. is well, thank you all, Carrie and Marnie and Caroline. Thank you so much. It was really went by fast as we thought it would. And thank you all for listening in. <laughs> Join us next time as we continue to explore the esoteric and the obscure together.